Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and it's my privilege today to welcome back to the show Gene Yatka. Gene is the director of the Awakening Institute. He does spiritual direction, and he was, in fact, one of my teachers in Centering Prayer. I've learned about the Enneagram from him. Always find our conversations engaging because he's well versed in contemplative spirituality and how to apply that to the modern world. Today, Gene and I uh, talk about using the Enneagram in spiritual direction to grow into that person that God created us to be. Of course, we get into contemplative practices such as centering prayer, welcoming prayer, and we end with reflection on how to take that in Christ spirit, as Gene calls it, that we develop through contemplative practices in our rule of life into our everyday world to make an impact for the gospel. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And also want to remind you, if you're interested in Centering Prayer and like to get some information to deepen your practice, including invitations to the gatherings that I co-host monthly with another Centering Prayer author, Rich Lewis, invite you to go to centeringprayerbook.com. You can put in your information. I don't send out very many emails. It's usually just a monthly reminder about the upcoming gathering. By the way, I'm recording this in early February of 2023, so the next gathering would be February the 18th. And then looking ahead to next month, it would be on March the 18th of 2023. But sign up and you'll get invitations. If I could serve you in other ways, if you're interested in coaching or some of the resources and books that I've written, you can check them out at www.brianrussellphd.com or just email me, deepdivespirituality at gmail.com. Let's uh, go right into the conversation I had with Gene. Hey, Gene, welcome back to the podcast. Blessing to be here, Brian, as always. Well, it's always it's always great to see you and I just appreciate your wisdom as and your background in spiritual direction and just the, your vast knowledge and contemplative spirituality. And I uh, wanted to pick your brain a little bit on behalf of, uh, of the audience and you know, also some of the growing edges that I've had. And I thought I might start with um, uh, the, the Enneagram uh, and and this is a broad question, so you can kind of go with this however way you want. I've had lots of guests that have kind of got into some of the weeds, but I'm curious as a spiritual director, uh, how do you use the Enneagram as a tool to help guide a person uh, on their path? Yeah, I, I don't use it for everyone. I, I, I'm probably 30% of the directees I've actually uh, I, I might have mentioned to someone that at noticing in, in passing they were a seven or a three or a five, you know. It's, but it's a, I've been, I, I use it judicially, and I, I use it when I feel like someone really is stuck in a pattern that uh, they don't understand that they're they're just trying to break it, and uh, and they and no matter how I try to is spiritual direction obviously is not about telling someone hey you're in a pattern let's and this is the way to fix it is helping them sense. Holy Spirit, have the Holy Spirit reveal that to them and, and work that. So sometimes the Enneagram can just be a, a realization I've seen so many times. I can't even count how many times where we'll uh, kind of work someone through maybe just a simple questionnaire, one of the questionnaires in the, that I developed for the, the Enneagram. And uh, and looks like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, that's uh, that's the, 
I, I never even thought about, or, you know, I didn't realize I was even doing that. And uh, the people have said, you know, I have brought that up to me. And so it helps kind of break it. I, I guess I use it more as a to break the loggerheads when you when you have when you kind of hit a, a place where they just can't seem to can't seem to crack through a uh, an, a reality within their own personality and I, I, enneagram is wonderful uh, again I, I try to avoid using it as a personality test or personality mm-hmm. because I don't really think that's what it was meant for although it's used that way a lot I think it's more just to understand some of our our, our, our inner patterns. Uh, we almost always with a, with someone that I use the Enneagram with well, actually most of a lot of my directees, but the, uh, with the Enneagram for sure, I follow it up with a rule of life because, uh, yeah, or, or seeing how they have a rule of life and how that rule of life is either feeding into the, the negative pattern or the, uh, the shadow pattern, uh, or if they're, uh, it's helping them to, uh, um, hopefully find ways to help them break free of that it's you know it's, a lot of times people ask me if you, if you had to had to find way I, I do spiritual direction in one word uh, it's awareness it's a it's it's an awakening it's to awaken to some of the things that awaken to the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus awaken to the reality of some of the patterns we picked up over our over the years wake up to uh, what's funny too with the with Enneagram is that so often we, we use it to try and find a negative pattern. Uh, when if we allow it to really kind of flow, we can we can help people find their positive patterns as well. We can find out that they're, uh, it's it's always fascinating for me and for a lot of people to say, you know, I'm, I'm a seven and I and I, I love adventure and I, I love to go out and I love to this that and and I I and, and I'm and I just. I just can't get enough and but and and then helping them to say well you know that's wonderful there's nothing wrong with that um does it help how is your experience or are your exciting experiences are they are they deep are they growing are they are they helpful to you or are you just jumping from one thing to the next and so uh, and sometimes they'll say well you know when i do this particular thing i feel i feel uh, i feel very close to the lord i feel I, I feel like i can rest in it and we say wow that's that's a healthy seven you know, so uh where they're saying yeah i'm just i get bored real quick and i just want to jump from one thing to the next and i never finish anything well we can say well that's kind of a no, that's not a it's not good so we can help them identify either one and then and then living into it then something that i i, I mentioned is briefly to to you or, or earlier but i think the enneagram and Really, my my approach almost across the board, centering prayer and uh, my spiritual direction, um, is helping them say, okay, the the pattern in say an enneagram or just the way I the way I'm living, uh, the way I do things in general. Uh, what's the source? What are they flowing out of? Is it flowing out of a, a reaction or being reactive to the things of the world, to the to the demands and all these different things? Not necessarily evil things, but just stuff that's going on. Or are they something that is flowing out of my my being, my being in Christ Jesus, and the, and that in Christ reality um, comes hopefully becomes we become aware enough of that it becomes the source of in which we're responding to the world. Rather, let our doing flow out of that rather than uh, than, uh, than out of the other things, and then try to take all that all the other things that have created stress and chaos and things in our lives, and then bring it back into our our centering prayer. Uh, why not allow our centering prayer to help us 
make everything we think, say, and do flow out of that. I mean, no, it's. I mean, I haven't met the person that do that perfectly, but what would it look like to be able to live out of that? I think the Enneagram can help us uh, identify some of that stuff and say, hmm, is that coming out of my my in Christ reality? Uh, we talked. We I used the language that Paul used. You know, we live, move, and have our being in God. Are the are the things that we're doing uh, flowing out of that, or are we? doing things and then trying to stuff it into a theological understanding that we are in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? No, that's, no, that's beautiful. And so like when you, when I know when you teach the Enneagram, you use the, for each number you have the category. I think, I think you actually use the language of what unconscious, semi-conscious, fully conscious or whatever. Fully so you're talking about kind of growing to your true self. What What is the goal of the Enneagram? Do we just want to become the best version of whatever our number is, can people change? You're trying to become um, all the numbers, which obviously we're all in parts. So like in, in your mind, what, 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 what's the, what's the end game of the Enneagram? Is it just simply to grow into our true self? I, I don't, I don't know if there is an end game. I, I, I don't, I don't think we, we want to, I think it's dangerous. Well, not dangerous, but I don't think it's very helpful if we say, okay, you know, I'm a three. And uh, so I'm going to live in, I'm going to live into the fullness of that, Productivity and the things that I that I need to you know that I my, my as a, as someone who gets things done and, and uh, do I and be the best I can there I think that's just kind of living into a uh, living into the uh, the false self really it's uh, because none of I don't think Enneagram shows us our false self or our true self I think it just gives the opportunity to be able to mm -hmm. rest in awareness that will now open us up the only my opinion is the only way we can truly understand and live out of the true self call it the in Christ self, uh, the, uh, the, the image of God self, the, uh, the, the, um, child of God self, how, or where you want to use the language, um, is to allow ourselves to come aware, awaken to the, some of the things that might be barriers, uh, it may be sin. It might be, uh, or it might be just negative thoughts or it might be just crazy busyness or, or it might be, Trying and understanding my number on the enneagram and trying to be the per perfection of that, which is just as bad. And so, you know, how how do we live into the? Uh, how do we understand those things, awaken those things, become aware of those things, and then just yeah, forget them, forget them, leave them, and let God do what only God can do. So I don't think we can work to discover our true self. I think That's we good. can. We can live into that, and we can live, and we can live in such a way that we become more predisposed to God's work in our lives and, and, and will ultimately reveal to us our true selves. Uh, and I think we complicate it. I mean, that's the one downside, the Enneagram. The Enneagram can get incredibly complicated. I have a shelf over here. I'm not going to count them now, but there's at least 40 books on the Enneagram on, on the, my shelf right here. It takes up a whole row. And uh, it's so it gets so complicated and so... Uh, so detail oriented that it takes out the uh, the mystery or the the and that's what we have to uh, using the five s's i always use is you know, i mean our ultimate goal is to live into that spaciousness into that mystery and uh, you can't you can't learn enough to understand a mystery yeah. all you can do is come at which comes predisposed to the mystery and the mystery meaning god will reveal our true self. And then I, I've, I've done, now, now that having uh, taught Centering Prayer at the seminary for now my, it's the fourth year now, I get so many of these journals and uh, 
And so many of the students are just caught up in the, the doing, the trying to get it done, trying to become, uh, when all of a sudden, every once in a while, you'll see a breakthrough will say, oh, wait a minute, you know, I, I did my centering prayer, felt nothing, nothing. I didn't, I didn't even want to do it. The you know, I'll hear that from seminary students. And then all of a sudden during the day, they'll say, wow, something happened. And I know it was a result of something that occurred during my centering prayer, or maybe it was, it trained my heart, my spiritual heart, to be more aware of that truth that and I lived into my, I lived out of my true self in, a, in, a, in an event. And sometimes it's something simple, like they, they realize something that maybe a, a person just bugged them, you know, just didn't, every, every time he came across them, it made a, they got anx, anxious about it. And all of a sudden they didn't, all of a sudden it was gone. And then they realized that it was because they allowed themselves to rest into, into the reality of who they are in Christ Jesus. And then I did something, the Lord did something that, uh, that we begin to realize later on. Um, we've been practicing center prayer for a long time now. Um, how often do you get a, a revelation in the moment centering prayer? I mean, the, yeah. but later on, later on, you, you know, not, not often, right? Uh, but later on, uh, huh, I, I've changed. Something's different. And uh, it's because we've allowed that to happen. And uh, even, even the term true self, we have to be careful with because we have this, we have, then all of a sudden we start putting all kinds of labels on it. What's my true self? What's my truth? I'm going to try to get to this. And all of a sudden, all we're doing is the same thing all over again. And we're doing it in a good way. That's what the, that's, unfortunately, that's what the church does, right? The church wants to be the church and then they find themselves doing things and, and don't spend any time. Uh, I work with a lot of pastors and one of the things they, they complain about is that they don't have enough time for prayer, they don't have enough time for reading scripture. They don't have enough time to just sit. And so, and, and let God do what only God can do. And they believe that it's not, it's not a belief thing. They believe that it's good for them, but don't do it. And then they end up living into their ministry. They live, their churches live into all these things. They're doing good things even, but they're living out of a, uh, they're living out of a, a life that's in reaction to the world rather than a life that's in reception that receives the glory of God. And, um, yeah. and it has to happen on God's terms. It can't happen on our terms. No, that sounds, I mean, all that sounds good. And I totally, I, I totally agree with that at some level of when I think about true self and, you know, it's, it's, I think it's good. And you could sit in contemplation on who am I really? Um, I mean, and the answer is simple and everybody sort of knows it, but the question is, can you get it into the, your bones, which is, I think what contemplative pra contemplative practices do. It's simply, I mean, like, what's the answer? It's, it's person loved by God, period, unconditionally. And so at some level, what's it mean you're growing to your true self? It's, I think it's an infinite game. Um, it's growing in love. Uh, it's easy, God, neighbor, and self. And even go back to that Bernard of Clairvaux piece, which I, I, think, is, I think we've talked about that before, but you know, loving yourself the way God loves you is the highest uh, highest form. And I mean, that's the journey and that, and that's the, and it's the expansive one and, and, and like, like you said, it's like these are just it's a slow unpacking uh, process. So, so talk about so with the again, I don't want we don't have to stay on the Enneagram per se. So I know like you're the person that taught me when you look at the numbers, obviously you have the, the three triads um, for people that aren't listening. You have the eight, nine, what one, and that's what the um, gut triad. And then you have the heart, the two, three, four, and then the mind, five, six, seven. You you connect 
those three to con certain contemplative practices, though you say you still have to kind of figure out what's best for you. Can you kind of walk through that a little bit uh, for a couple minutes? Yeah, um, I found that, you know, obviously someone who is in the in the mind place or someone's in a heart place or someone's in the head place uh, and the and it's just well known amongst uh, you know educators that people learn in different ways and people are people are wired in different ways and i think all we're doing is what we're basically what we're saying we're allowing ourselves we're allowing ourselves to live into a way in which we can become more and more predisposed to what god's going to do uh, even the unpacking uh, if we uh, you know i mean a, a heart space typically my my experience is a uh, it's someone who with his centering prayer Centering prayer is a good is a good place. A head place uh, tends tends toward lexio and uh, a uh, you know, a, um, a mind uh, a uh, heart, a, um, a place where we are living out of that uh, that sense of uh, of needing to have a process. And so you know the the lexio helps us with that. So and even you know we we just briefly earlier talked about welcoming prayer, uh, the somatic the body the body part. You know that uh, so. Uh, some people are very much, I know people that do centering prayer, or you probably do too, who do Lexio or something like that and experience it somatically. They experience it in their bodies. So we have the head, the heart, and the body. And uh, and uh, we, um, so I, 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 but again, even that is just a beginning uh, because um, we can get, like, we can get into the weeds with it, with an Enneagram and, uh, and we can start talking about wings. We can start talking about all the various things. So, so we can say, okay, I mean, you know, I'm a of a three with a with a you know with a four wing, or I'm a I'm a, a three, and I'm, I'm uh, you know I have a ten I have a tendency to move toward the six, and you know, we can do all that, but uh, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. I I love the enneagram for that, but we have to be careful that we don't take it and say okay that's the answer. Uh, the goal is not, and the goal is not even to understand ourselves. So you, you you just use the term, and so many people do it unpacking and. Uh, think one of the mistakes that we do is we try to unpack it instead of letting God unpack it it's a because we we can maybe analogy is that we can we can load the suitcase and we can we can fill it fill it all up and we can get everything nice and folded and we can get it all in order and we can get everything that we need for the journey um but then if we if we open it up and then start taking it out piece by piece it's a it, it becomes all about us and and we can do it I could I can pick a shirt out I can pick my socks out i can you know something but what would it look like to let god do it and then dress us then you know and 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 create within us a, a sense of that that we can go if we unpack it we are able to do that up to the point of our own finitude we can you know, we i mean you know i mean you're a brilliant guy but you don't you know you can't think of the level of god you know we, we you know you, it's impossible so no matter how high an IQ we have or whatever, and that they're all wonderful and they're they're valuable and they're gifts that we can use. Those gifts are simply to maybe maybe pack the suitcase or maybe maybe just kind of get things in order the best we can so that we can say, Lord, bring me beyond my own finitude and into the infinite and uh, and allow us to to be uh, and to think it's about the infinite is you can't figure it out because it's infinite and it's beyond us. Somehow you can understand it. You can you can know know beyond knowing we can know the things that are unknowable not because we're going to intellectually figure it out but because we're going to start seeing a change in our lives we're going to start seeing uh you know and i promise i i know i know you well enough where in your coaching 
that you do. Um, you, you probably said some things that were so helpful to people, and you almost think, where did that come from? It's a, you know, it's a, it's because of your desire, your hunger to live out of that in Christ experience through through your centering or through your rule of life and and teaching. I mean, you know, how, and how many times have you lectured where you know, I know when I'm preaching, it's uh, that all of a sudden something will come out that was not there. You know, it wasn't something that you had even planned to speak about, but you were led by that because you were open to the possibilities. And uh, and I think that's what it is. If we, if we try to unpack it ourselves, we can pack it ourselves and we can predispose ourselves to, and we can put our laundry nice and fold it and, and get everything in order. But now you get you come to that point and you sit in that, uh, that liminal place and you just say, okay, Lord, pack it for me. So good. Only, only you can do it. I can't do it. I mean, I can do it to the, to the point of my own ability, but I can't do it the way you're going to do it. And I think that's maybe maybe a, maybe a, maybe I'll start using that when I teach centering prayer. I'll say we come to a point where we just let God unpack your laundry, just let just let him unpack your stuff. And uh, of course, when we do centering prayer, or really it's true with any any spiritual uh, discipline, even even exploring the enneagram uh, will uh, all of a sudden. Uh, all kinds of junk come up like you know that it was not there's not so much fun it's uh, well, but that but now that junk comes up and it's not if we allow it a god to unpack it now it's not uh, it's not dangerous anymore it's, it could be upsetting could bring tears it could be it could be something but it's healing it becomes healing rather than damaging uh and let's face it i mean I'll, I'll speak for myself is that a lot of times when i try to do something in my own power uh, i just make it worse but if I let God do it, all of a sudden it becomes very healing. And and you could say, well, what's that feel like? Or what? You know, how how did God do that? And I cannot possibly begin to even tell you. I can tell you that it's happened. I can tell you that it's occurred. And that's where we notice it. And, and we see it in the scriptures. It's it's fruit. It's, you know, the, the stuff that goes on. And, and we could begin. I had done this with some of my directees that really couldn't grasp their, their minds around it. And we'll just simply take through the spirit, as Paul gives it to us in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And uh, I, I'll ask them to just uh, be aware of when you know, when they may pop up during the day. Uh, and um, and then don't try to make them, again, you can't try it. I mean, uh, another thing with the journals and, and even direct these, uh, I've been trying to do this, I've been trying to do that. Well, And they get upset with me almost where I say, stop trying. You know, it's not you know, you've done what you can do. You continue to do what you can do. Now let God do what only God can do, and then watch the change. Just watch it happen, uh, and Good. encouraged by that, uh, and and then you grow deeper. Is all of a sudden you'll start seeing the fruit. You start seeing that God is really God really is doing something. Uh, when I I've had the opportunity over the last year or so to speak to some people that might call themselves atheists, and uh, they. When I talk to when I talk to them, I say, okay, let's so let's take the the belief in in God, how you understand God, put it out of it. That's finite too. How we understand God, let's take let's just rest in in God, in an in infinite. Almost everyone does believe in an infinite. They believe in in something, you know. They may not believe in you know, God the way we do. But, uh, so, what would it look like to stop and just let God do what only God can do? And uh, and they've tried it. I don't, I, I don't know if I've actually converted anybody doing that, but at least it gave them the opportunity to say, hmm, you know, uh, maybe maybe I am misunderstanding this whole thing because I've locked it into my own intellect. I've locked it into my own stuff. And, uh, and 
you know, I probably would never use the Enneagram with a with someone, although it is done all the time with in, in uh, almost in casual counseling. Uh, I wouldn't use it with a non-spiritual person because at its core, it's spiritual. And uh, and if we don't allow God to do what only God can do, then uh, it just becomes more information about ourselves. And maybe we can feel a little better about ourselves, but it really doesn't get us anywhere eternally. No, I really like that. And, you know, just to think about that phrase, letting God do what only God can do. Uh, if I was going to operationalize that, it's like, okay, that sounds, okay, I get it, but how do I do it? And to me, um, what I'm hearing, I think I hear you say is it, you, well, it sort of assumes trust at some level that you're just at least going to trust whatever you b believe or who you believe God is. But then you have to, that isn't actually enough most of the time. Um, you have to then lean in. And what does it mean to let God do what only God can do? That That's going to involve the scary part on our step. Some, it's not always scary to trust. That's, that is scary for some people, but it's 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 a surrender and and I've noticed recently, I was talking about the somatics uh, things I've been doing <clears throat> before we got on the call. I've noticed that growth has been happening over the last year because I notice sensations, anxiety, pain in the body instead yeah. of just trying to pretend like it's not there or it's just an old ache. I've literally just been putting my focus on it and literally being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable with a posture of surrender. And, and what's really interesting yeah. is um, there's been some deep moments of healing that I would say is because of God's grace. And then you have to say, well, why didn't that happen over the course of my whatever 48 year <laughs> Christian experience? It's because um, I was hanging on tight to pain and I wasn't surrendering into it. Like, like you said, I wasn't letting God do what only God uh, could do, but I wouldn't have even known God needed to do something without awareness. And right. to me, that's right. the gift of these contemplative exercises. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think about what I said? I think it's exactly right. I think basically what you what I, th I think you said is that uh, you we do the work. We, there is I mean, there is we don't just stop and say, OK, God, you do it. Uh, we you know, we we do the work and the contemplative work is simply becoming aware uh, of uh, I mean, you're talking about the somatic you're talking about and you know, we talk about is welcome that welcoming prayer and allowing allowing that and uh so all of a sudden yeah, say say a little bit about what welcoming prayer is in case folks don't know what that is uh, and then at its, at its core welcoming prayer is uh is is body based it's a it's a very it's very somatic and that uh we uh we can welcome we can welcome in uh almost all experiences in such a way that uh, I, I, when I teach it, I always use the twenty-third Psalm, where the Lord makes a part that sets a table in the presence of our enemies. And so, they, and, and uh, you, you, you know, first you think about that. Well, Lord, why don't you just keep the enemy away? He says, No, no, I'm uh, bring the enemy in, and and I'm present, and let's 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 have the let's let's have a healing experience again. What only I can do. And so, my uh, and welcoming prayer is taught in several different ways. It's a it's a uh, it actually can be taught into just just being a, a spiritual yes person. Yes, 
Yes, yes. Well, well, welcome it in. The bad, the ugly, and always in with a full reality. The way I teach it, it of our in Christ, who we are in Christ Jesus. The reality that uh, we live, move, and have our being in God. The reality that uh, on seventeen, where the is Jesus' prayer is true. That we, you know, when He prays, may they be in as the Father say, may they be in me as I am in you. And so when we when we welcome all things in, in that within that atmosphere with that within and it's and it's really the reality of a christian christian life uh, and uh, then there's it's funny because you can welcome the enemy in you know you can welcome the pain in you can you can welcome the, you can almost i mean you can welcome suffering i um, i mean i honestly am not wonderful at doing that but i you know i've read some of the some of the uh, the contemplatives over the years and and they, they took suffering almost like it was a a wonderful thing and uh, you know and uh, and if and scripture talks i mean paul talks about suffering and uh, and that suffering from the suffering it brings out all all the various uh, helpful things and the healing and so yeah, well, welcoming prayer at its core for me is to uh, is to uh, be a yes to all things with a full awareness of who we are in christ jesus and letting and letting ourselves live in such a way that we truly know that we're not walking with God, we are in God, and uh, so and good. it becomes something that we can. Uh, it becomes very healing, and it becomes something that. Uh, another thing happens too with welcoming prayer is that it takes the it takes the um, fear of the unknown, or the fear of. Uh, I mean, I, I think I love technology, but I think one of the worst things that ever happened was when we had WebMD. When someone gets a, a little pain in their shoulder, and before you know it, it's like my arm's going to fall off. You know, it's like you know, it's a, they they start. Yeah, I have, the, I have the I have some rare disease that only one in a gazillion people have, but it's on right. WebMD as an option, and that must be what it is, right? That's it has to be that because that's you know it's a you know so I, that's but at the same time, imagine okay, I'm good, I'm whatever it is, I'm good, I'm good with it, and uh, and I and I'm going to rest, and I'm going to. And I'm going to allow myself, but we, with the yes comes, a, and this is I teach when I teach when I teach welcoming prayer. With the yes, always comes hope. There's yes. always a sense of hope with it because uh, it's a, and it's not hope like oh I hope this is going to work out. It's a it's a hope in a in a, in a, a ultimate reality uh, of who we are. Uh, and we use the term true self and all that. True and true self is to me is simply awakening to the uh, truth of who we are in Christ Jesus that. That we are children of God, and uh, and that we can, can we live out of that. Can we can we allow ourselves to to truly uh, welcome all of life. I mean, Steinle Rast wrote a great book years ago, "Gratefulness to the Heart of Prayer," and, uh, and he talks about he talks about wonder. He talks about uh, being open and having a having a grateful heart. And uh, it isn't just grateful for the great things; it's grateful for everything. You know, it's a it's living a gratuitous life, and uh, welcoming prayer is is kind of the, the practice of that. It's, it's living living out of a, a grateful heart, and uh, and knowing that that's true prayer, and true prayer is a realization of who we are in Christ Jesus that, that we that, you know that we are in God, and, uh, and, I, and I think that's it. Change it changes. What's interesting, it changes the perspective. Is all it changes because when you have a pain. Uh, or you know a headache, you know, and you, you're sure it's a brain tumor, uh, and you're living from the worldly way. You react to it. You're in a panic. You go to the doctor, and then you know you take 
medication. Don't get me wrong. I think medication, all that thing is wonderful. And you know, she, that's, that's stuff that God gives to us. But what if our first response is, okay, Lord, I've got a headache. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to welcome this headache, which sounds like not nonsense, sounds crazy, but I'm going to welcome it. I'm going to live into it. I'm going to, I'm going to just be with, with this headache uh, and with you, in you. And, uh, and then when the headache goes away, which it does 99% of the time, right? Then uh, we can be grateful and we can let it, let it go. If it turns into something else, well, we're grateful that we had the headache that showed us that we had that. And so it's, it's welcoming, welcoming prayer is just, just a gratefulness in uh, in practice is all it is. Yeah, I love that. And and just to encourage folks, you can look up welcoming prayer. Uh, I'll probably put a link in the show notes here, but yeah. uh, centering prayer, welcoming prayer, these are tools. Yeah, they're vehicles because God's presence is always a gift. God's grace is always a gift. But these are, I guess, postures that we can put ourselves in exactly, that seem yeah. to allow uh, the love and grace to flow into parts of ourselves. And and by the way, I'll say hurt parts of ourselves that oftentimes yeah. are inaccessible to what God really wants to do. Um, we need that silence and, and solitude. And, uh, you know, and I'm super grateful, uh, Gene, that you were one of the people that taught me centering prayer because that's been so transformational in, in my life. Um, I want to ask you one more question because because uh, it seemed like this is kind of one of your leading edge pieces here. And uh, just share a little bit, because when we talk about this going deep on the inside, that can seem um, like I've heard people call it divine navel gazing or whatever. And that, uh, but but the, the the goal of this is mission ultimately, and then right. living in the world. And and you were using the phrase in Christ experience, and and maybe even connect that a little bit to you know one of your hobbies, which was a former business. And I guess it's not a hobby; it's actually a part time thing you do on the side. But the the coin business, right? And so. Talk about how contemplative Gene, Pastor Gene, goes into the you know entrepreneurship because we have people that are running businesses right now that work. Uh, most people work in secular places. How do we bring that contemplative piece, have that in Christ yeah. experience in our daily lives? Again, that could be an hour answer, but just give us a couple yeah, insights to help us. Question, yeah, because that's that's the truth. Is that uh, we um, most most people are not in a Christian bubble where there or maybe. And maybe, and sometimes uh, even pastors and even people that, that are that are in the church, but um, I think that uh, it begins it begins with a rule of life, and, and it has to be intentional. It has to be. It can't be something that's just. It's not going to be something just going to pop out of nowhere. Although at the same time, I do believe that every single human being is wired for it. It's something that that you know, there's isn't just like well, you know, that per, you know that person can do it. Um, I always go back to my five S's. We've talked about that a bunch of times. And I think it has to begin, and here's where centering prayer helps help so much, is it has to begin with the simplicity of life, where the, the complexity, the distractions, all anything that's peripheral to the uh, to, to being who, who we desire to be really has to be jettisoned. And I, using what you had just spoken, uh, I, I buy and sell rare coins with collectors and dealers. And uh, I did years ago. I opened my first shop when I was 13 years old, and uh, and I and I I love the history of it. I love the uh, the, the um, artistic aspect of it. I love the the monetary aspect of it. And then then I got involved because you can make a lot of money at it. And I started buying and selling with one thing in mind. I didn't really care about the coin anymore. Even I just I can buy this for X amount. I can sell for X amount. I want to do it a whole bunch of times and make as much money as possible. And you know and always be on a mobile and try and get as big bank account I can and as many coins as I can. 
And that was decidedly uncontemplative. This is it, but this, that's how, I, that's how I was. And then I got called into ministry and I still collected coins, uh, but mm -hmm. I did it from that enjoyment aspect. And then I retired from pulpit ministry and we opened our awakening institute and, and I do my things the Lord has called us to now. And uh, I said, you know, let me, what would it look like for me to go back into this business that was just greed oriented? That was, you know, it was chaos. It was, uh, it was a, uh, it was just, it was soul, soul killing. And so I, uh, I thought it would look to go back into this business with all the tools that I've developed now and all the things that I developed and all the things the Lord has healed in me, go back in and just enjoy it. And, uh, and so I did that. I went, I went to coin shows and, Invariably, this is what happens too. By the way, whatever whatever career you're in, whatever your whatever uh, entrepreneurial endeavor that you're doing, um, once you begin to take that deep breath and say, you know, I'm going to live into this now for my my in Christ experience. I'm going to my reality. All of a sudden, you'll find other people. I mean, I was amazed at how many Christian coin dealers there are. I mean, and 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 when they found out that I was pastor and that I and I did some of the contemplative work. I mean, Spend I literally spend hours at the coin shows sometimes at, at different people's tables just talking about this. And they, it, it, it's funny because all the before, well, I can't waste I can't waste time talking about this. I, I gotta I got I, there might be a deal down the, down the I gotta go grab it and do that. Now it's like you know let, let's live into. The, I was at a coin show in Orlando back in June and um we uh, and a friend of mine who's a, who's a Christian um he was talking about that. Uh, Someone who was a, a a Christian that he knew came to a coin show and says, "All I see is the devil," and I said, "I said all I see is the Holy Spirit." You know, I, I I see the Holy Spirit in our conversation right now, and it was all of a sudden began to realize that yeah, you can see the greed, you can and you can live into that. You can uh, you can try to be an entrepreneur that takes advantage of people. You can all those different things, and that's available in, in many many endeavors. Or you can stop. A deep breath and live into the and and let, let the let that in Christ reality let that reality that we live move and have our being in God flow into the conversation and um, and all of a sudden you find yourself talking about the Holy Spirit you're talking about or maybe even if you're not talking about it, you see sense of slowing down uh, Gerald Mays uh, it was a um, a contemplative spiritual director from involved Shalem, and, and he passed away a few years ago, but he talked about this very much into nature, and uh, was a psychologist, and he went, and he said that what he discovered was a slowing. What's it look like to go into our entrepreneurial endeavors and go into our businesses and into our, our shops, into our careers with a slowing? And, we, and a great way to practice that is a, is on your way, if you're, if you're driving in a car, feel the slowing. Uh, mm. I, where I work with people and I say, what would it look like to stop at each door that you come across each day for a second and slow down? Instead of ramming through the door and getting ready for the next business meeting or getting ready for the next thing, you come to the door, maybe the door of your car, the door of your office, the door of a client's place, and you stop. You let the slowing and then just live out of that. And then amazing things happen. Uh, I think that I think other people begin to notice that. Uh, you become a uh, you become a non anxious uh, uh, presence in the midst of your uh, meetings. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit that you know when I was pastoring churches, the thing I did not like the most was meetings. I could not you know 
go into finance meetings, go into you know trustees, go into ad board meetings, because you know they're all like you know it was all I could do to to get them to pray and before they got into the business, you know. So it's like what would eventually just begin to stop and think. Now, at least I'll, I'll say for myself that we become more productive, not only more productive, but the quality of our work uh, goes up exponentially. Even sometimes the profits, which is fine. You can make, I, I pray every, every Christian entrepreneur makes $10 million. Uh, don't, don't do it. Don't do it in reaction to the world. Do it, it out of our in Christ reality into that, out of that okay. place. And it's slowing. And uh, that's, it's just a great way to practice it because Slowing doesn't really do anything except make us available for God to do what only God can do. And, uh, and that's the point. And, uh, and we've become aware. We walk away from meetings. We walk away from, uh, sometimes we go into meetings and say, no, I'm glad that didn't work out because it wasn't, it wasn't, it doesn't fit into my, my Christian understanding. Uh, other ways God opens doors that you never thought were going to be possible. And, uh, and that's wonderful. And then, and we go from there. I mean, in your coaching, in your coaching, you know, you could very easily think from a secular perspective, and you could uh, you could do all kinds of things, and you could you could build your build your practice using different maybe questionable techniques, or you can say, you know what, Lord, you know, thank you for this. We live that gratuitous life, and we just receive it, and we and we allow ourselves just to to. And, and I know it's it's a it's always a catchphrase, almost to the point where not a phrase, a single word. We just allow ourselves to be, and. Uh, I know you've 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 told me about experiences in various meetings that you weren't all that comfortable with that you all of a sudden just feel the peace and uh, what is it, how you can't put a price on that that's uh, that's more valuable it's a uh, you know it's then than the then landing the deal or, or, or doing something and getting the promotion in my opinion anyway. No, hey man, I, I love it. I mean, and it, it illustrates a couple things. I mean, the good news comes to us on the way to someone else always. And, and the reality is in our world, uh, Christians need to model for everyone. It's about blessing and serving. It's about giving value. And that's a great witness as much as saying all the right things and then yep. not bringing that integrity into business. So I root for entrepreneurs. And I actually think we even need more Christian, well, we need more entrepreneurs, period, but especially highly ethical, um, contemplative people getting into places where they can bless and serve the world. So again, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Gene, it's always great to see you. Appreciate your friendship and uh, just the role in my life. And this has been uh, super helpful for me. And I, I trust that it's been super helpful for all those who've hung all the way here to the end. And just want to um, just thank you again for using your gifts uh, for good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. That's, I guess if I have a goal, that's my goal. <laughs> Amen. That's right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> And, and everyone, thanks for joining us for this uh, episode. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Until next time, show up, pay attention, and know God's got way more invested in what's going on than you do. Amen. Mm -hmm.